Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Thank you. We've been Matt. (laughs) (laughs) You've been great. I don't know about you, Matt, but I had a great weekend because all weekend I got to listen to this. really excited to talk about this album it's kick by nxs which is honestly it's an album i haven't really gone back to and thought about in a long long time and as i listened to it over the last several days all i could keep coming back to is why not like this is such a great album with full of huge hits and and you know maybe maybe that's why i mean it, it was everywhere in 88 87 i mean maybe there was a little bit of in excess fatigue at some point, but this is this is such an incredible album. Back in late middle school, I would have been talking about REM, U2, the Connells, In Excess, all in the same breath. For some reason, they don't really hold up, mm-hmm. but listening back to it, I still love it. So I'm not sure why. Part of it is longevity and you know, with Michael Hutchins dying. They haven't been on the radar in twenty years, really. I know they did like a TV show where it was like find the new singer of NXS oh, yeah, at one did. point. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that really did much for them, but um, they just haven't been you know on the the pop radar in so long. But you're right, twelve you know, year old me would have counted NXS right up there with with U2 and REM, or as I thought they were when I was nine, Inks. <laughs> Because I saw on my older sister's notebook that she had written INXS. And I'm like, oh, inks. <laughs> For years, I thought it was inks. I went to the concert, was like, inks, inks, inks. <laughs> well, something about them didn't really make it past the 80s. Right. Whereas you two, as we'll discuss mm-hmm. at some point, completely changed their look and sound to move into West Berlin. Right. <laughs> and become... Octung Baby era U2, mm-hmm. REM continued to evolve mm-hmm. because they're the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but NXS, it felt like they stayed in that era. I did listen to them into the 90s. I mean, mm-hmm. with X, Welcome to Wherever You Are. Mm-hmm. I've actually listened to Welcome to Wherever You Are over the years more than I've listened to Kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I remember getting Inks Greatest Hits, if you will, <laughs> several years ago. And I probably bought it for some of the you know, early, I say early NXS uh, songs, you know, Kick and, and before that. But then as, as I listened to those later songs, they're tremendous songs that, that really held up. And so you could tell that they were starting to kind of reinvent their sound a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, before Michael Hutchins died. As we listen to Kick, it's extremely well produced. It has that really polished, clean sheen of of an 80s album, which is one of the things that makes it such a great album. Uh, but but you're right. I mean, it, it, their sound, their ability to 
continue into the 90s and beyond just never seemed to catch hold. I've shared with you that my band did the great cover up, Mm -hmm. which is a tradition here in Raleigh where local bands will, you'll keep it a secret and then you'll come up with a band to cover. Our band had six people in it. So we were always a little bit stretched to see who Mm -hmm. we could cover. But the year that we did NXS, I had to find an electric drum kit. Right. Even just to get the sound of NXS, you had to go back and find 80s, very dated sound. Uh, All right. As always, let's begin with our first memories of Inks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, where we were, what our memories are of this. This would have been young Matt and Matt. So uh, Matt, why don't you start us off? What is your memory of this album? I don't remember the first time I heard it or heard any of the songs. The hits on this album were so big. But what I remember is the album cover. One of the guys from NXS flying through the air on a Vision Psycho Stick skateboard, which I had so many friends who had that exact skateboard. This would have been prime Matt skateboarding period. To me, it was almost like validation of like skateboarding being an accepted mainstream thing. This huge popular band from Australia with all these top 10 hits. My buddy has that same skateboard. This is, this is big. We're not, you know, terrible people for <laughs> skateboarding. We are international. <laughs> right. Although we were probably terrible people for some of the skateboarding things we were doing. Looking back, I was thinking through some of the previous NXS albums. You know, one thing that jumps out at me now is how much of the album cover Michael Hutchins takes up. Whereas the previous ones, it's either like full band photo or no band photo. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like this was his coming out party as the, the lead singer of uh, NXS. Yeah, he's featured as the lead singer. And then they have their hot drummer squatting down in the background. But <laughs> they definitely were like, hey, let's pick the attractive people and put them on the cover. Right. Which is funny because when you fold out the cover, the other guys are on the inside like, hey, we're here too. Hey, we're, we're back here too. <laughs> Don't forget us. That's the band though. They realized like he was a almost like supermodel status. Mm-hmm. And you can't really talk about the band without him being featured as a front man, right. which he wasn't just a pretty face. He could, yeah. he was an incredible, incredible front he man. He also had a nice butt. He really did. <laughs> what he did for the for the leather pants industry is still remembered today. <laughs> well, how about you? Where, where were you when, when uh, NXS Kick came out? Most people think being the youngest means you just get whatever you want and your parents are worn out. That wasn't the case in my family. In fact, my older brothers and my mom were pretty cruel to me. Instead of preferential treatment, they tied me to a chair and locked me down in this like kind of dungeon. Um, (laughs) I don't know what I'd done, but they... I shouldn't laugh at that. I'm sorry. (laughs) My brothers were not kind, but my mama was was equally unkind. (laughs) I lived down there and I would yell... They would occasionally bring me some food, but never gave me the love and attention that my heart so desired. Mm. One day, a little boy made his way into there in my dungeon room. He was very scared, but he came around and we actually became really good friends. He introduced me to what is now my favorite candy bar. Mm. It's uh, Baby Ruth. (laughs) (laughs) And, And he helped me escape. I went with my new friend. We found out that his friends uh, were in trouble. They were being 
chased by my mean family and I was worried that they were going to be locked up as I was locked up. And so we went into this cove where there was an ancient pirate ship. My friend and I dressed up as pirates. Man, that was fun. I saw my, my new friends and I said, hey, you guys, I got to swing on this big rope and come in and save the day. And it felt really good to have this new group of friends. They arrested my mean family. They were also criminals. And all the boys were going back to their homes. And I don't know what was going to become of me. But my new friend Lawrence said to me, they will never tear us apart. <laughs> and, and so I got to live with the Cohen family. They became my step family. And it was there that I first heard of the band NXS. Wow. That story, it's a, a treasure trove of memories. <laughs> Just as you wait for the story, I wait for the dumb line that you come up with at the end. Maybe <laughs> uh, <baby> Ruth? <laughs> I don't know why this album doesn't hold up. Well, I mean, I mean. Guns in the Sky, that's that's NXS doing social commentary right. on like military might and war and all that stuff in a very 80s yeah. white rap kind of way. In a very literal way, too. Yeah. I could see Michael Hutchins sitting there, of course, without a shirt on, wearing a vest, <laughs> and he's watching TV. He's like, man, it's like they want to put guns in the sky. Open up the studio. I just thought of something. <laughs> Well, and you know, I never realized until researching this album that another one of my favorite Australian bands, Midnight Oil, is who gave them the name NXS. Which really? Is, yeah, which is really crazy, in my opinion. You know, few bands do social political commentary better than Midnight Oil, and maybe NXS was like, "Hey, Midnight Oil gave us our name, so they're giving us carte blanche to also do social commentary." Right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I cannot imagine the eye rolling that took place by Peter Garrett when he read Guns in the Sky. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Guys, of the Australian bands, let us do the, the social commentary, please. <laughs> and also, then he tells people very slowly and methodically what to do with their hands. Yep. It's like he went to a hip-hop concert and heard them <laughs> wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. And, uh, and he's like, I want that effect at our concerts. Now, take your hands and raise them up. Into the air, just to be clear, that's all around you. And uh, now you're going to bring them down like a clock <laughs> at two. So just imagine. Not guys, three, not one. Right. Two. Can we, can show me your clock? Show me the clock at two. <laughs> show me your clock. 
And now, uh, shake your head. You guys know what to do. You're doing great. Here we go. Here's some political social commentary. <laughs> Can't you imagine that? Like they probably tried to choreograph like a dance. Oh to man, that too. you know they did. Eighties <laughs> was full of that, and they had a sax player in their band. They were definitely. What is a clock at two? Like, what would you do with your hands to be a clock at two? It's Australia. Keep that in mind. Yeah, that's right. So it's really <laughs> so a seven. It's probably opposite. Yeah. <laughs> well, as much as we make fun of Guns in the Sky, this next song is undeniably mm-hmm. amazing. And I just remember because the camera comes in to them and they're all on this balcony. And at the last minute, right before he starts singing, Michael Hutchins spins around and starts singing and dancing. Listen to New Sensation, what, 20? 32 years later. 32 years later. It still holds up so well. And, and it's one of those iconic songs that you start playing and that guitar part comes in mm-hmm. and people immediately recognize yeah, it's, it's a very 80s song, but I don't think it's ever come on that I've rolled my eyes and thought, oh, the 80s. Right. You know, this comes on, and I'm like, turn it up, man. This is Freedom Rock. And it has a saxophone in it. It does. And now it even holds up. You know what? That's the reason. Well, first of all, saxophones don't hold up, in my, <laughs> my opinion. But that's the reason that they didn't make it past the 80s. Well, Roy Moore is going to come in this room and haunt us <laughs> as a ghost. <laughs> hum the pink panther because he never could play it that's the reason they never made it past the 80s was because of the saxophone they were in their intent on keeping saxophone yeah well, could be. never tear us apart it was written for the saxophone player about how the 80s may come and go but they're never going to let him go <laughs> as a sax player bands with horns didn't make it past the 80s unless you're bruce springsteen and you know you're going to ride or die on that sax that's right <laughs> uh too soon because clarence r.i.p yeah one of the things that jumped out at me with so many songs on, on this album, particularly the hits, NXS had this knack of throwing these little fills here and there in their songs that made them less you know, formulaic pop songs, made them a little more interesting. And I think it's about two minutes and 30 seconds in, there's just a little drum part that just adds so much to it. He's an incredible drummer. It's a songwriting and production credit to them that it's very clean. Mm-hmm. Not just the production, but they're not stepping on each other's toes. And with all of those instruments, it comes across very well produced and very clean. Yeah, it's not crowded at all. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Does he have a nervous tick? 
Like he has Tourette's. Yeah, before every song, it's like <laughs> he's like the old Seven Up commercial guy. <laughs> what is that? What is that commercial? Is that like a Count Dracula thing? Sorta. He's so literal in his lyrics. <laughs> Say what you see. <laughs> Here comes a guy driving this car. Remember the video for this? Somewhat. Um, it was like footage from like Santa Monica or you know, somewhere like that, like a California beach scene. And didn't Michael Hudgens at one point turn around and his eyes were red? Or am I getting that confused with Thriller? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Hudgens had the like the devil mask on. That's what it was. And then turned around and it was on the back of his head. So that's, he didn't that's what it was. Yeah. I'm getting my 80s devil videos confused. Right. But you can't talk about the 80s bands without referencing videos. Right. You know, it was so key to who they were. Mm -hmm. And it's so tied up into our understanding of these songs. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of grinding going on in this one. <laughs> At any point, did, did a girl walk by and like three guys in the band pull their sunglasses down? <laughs> <laughs> Is that hot for teacher? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> the video, it, that sort of California nighttime feel it's like lost boys mm -hmm. which actually the director joel schumacher directed that devil inside video it was kind of a trade i'll direct this video if i can put some of your songs on the soundtrack because all oh, the lost boys yeah lost okay. boys soundtrack because yeah. he didn't have the money to get the songs on the soundtrack and so it was kind of a deal he made but i wonder if they <laughs> if they realize that by him directing that video it's basically like i'm gonna do what i do for the lost boys yeah. you know? <laughs> but in three and a half minutes yeah and it will promote my movie right and actually devil inside was bigger on the charts than new sensation oh really yeah new sensation got to number three and mm -hmm. devil inside got to number two wow. and that was a huge hit the only thing that kept it from number one is Get Out of My Dreams and Get Into My Car by Billy O. Well, I mean, you can't get past Billy O like that. No, and Whitney Houston was number two. Hope you're content at number three because you're not going any higher than that. Nope. Over Billy Ocean's dead body. <laughs> the funny thing about this video is that aside from Michael Hutchins, mm -hmm. they don't look like they're comfortable in this sort of party scene. Right. Michael Hutchins looks like he's the bell of the ball, but the other guys in the band just look kind of like uncomfortable musicians. Well, they're, they're probably waiting for like the vampires to come get them. <laughs> That's it. They're nervous. They're nervous. Golly, this Joel guy <laughs> put us in the movie. My mom wouldn't even let me see the movie. 
And that's part of who they are is that they are very much living the rock star life and they were huge. But at the same time, aside from Michael Hudgens, mm-hmm. who just looks like this male model, mm-hmm. the rest of them just look like a couple of good dudes. Yeah. It's kind of like Huey Lewis in the news. Right. You know, they could have swapped members out and nobody would have noticed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got uh, what, three brothers in the band and yeah. some other dudes. And I, I couldn't point out which one was which no. other, than, other than Michael Hutchins. Right. Right. I'm sure that's difficult at times, but there's probably a little bit something to be said for having some anonymity when you're still one of the biggest bands in the world. I mean, some of those guys could probably still go out and get a cup of coffee and not be hounded by fans. Yeah. Well, in the U.S. Yeah. Right. In Australia, I'm sure they were beloved. But also, I'm sure that once they ordered a cup of coffee or something, you're in L.A. and you hear an Australian, are you in NXS? (laughs) (laughs) When they place their coffee orders, like when they ask for their names, they say, oh, yeah, um, John Ferris, comma, NXS. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Come over here? Yeah, who's he talking to? <laughs> he saw someone in the hall. Hey, come over here. Uh, Michael, we're rolling right now. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. All you got is this moment. 21st century is yesterday. You can care all you want. Everybody does, yeah, that's so. And give me a moment Your moves are so raw I've got to let you know I've got to let you know You're one of my kind I need you tonight Cause I'm not sleeping There's something about you Again, the video because it's the 80s right this is the one that had the different clips of the band coming in and out but for a good portion of the song the band is in black and white and michael hutchins is in color <laughs> it's pretty clear like who, who they're hitching their wagon to at yeah. this point oh exactly and it in other days this could have been you know michael hutchins as a singer you know if, if the marketing team had their way Mm -hmm. they would be named michael hutchins and at one point in the video michael hutchins is at the forefront singing then he's in the background on a chair singing and then way behind the two michael hutchinses (laughs) is the band they're all wearing white shirts and they are are singing the background and kind of hamming it up you know so they're (laughs) even portraying them to be just like Hey, you Aussie dudes, give them a few Fosters and get out there and right. do your thing. But there's two Michael Hutchins in the forefront and there's the full band is tiny in the background. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to know like what the dynamic was like 
in the band at this point. If again, they're, they're like, you know what, we're, we're good with that. Cause they did sort of relinquish most of the songwriting control over to Hutchins and one of the Ferris brothers. And I think that was kind of a top down decision of, you know, the record company and a couple others said, you know, let's try this. And, and from all accounts, the band seemed good with doing that. Up to this point, their album, Listen Like Thieves, was really big, and they got a big single in the U.S. with What You Need. Which I always think is on this album. I always, always forget like it. that it's not on Kick. Well, it sounds very much like Need You Tonight, mm-hmm. or it has a similar feel to mm-hmm. it. It said that at the end of 1986, the band gathered at the Sydney Opera House <laughs> to rehearse the songs. It just seems like such a stereotype, right? You know, the Beatles gathered at Buckingham Palace to rehearse. <laughs> it's like the one iconic place in Australia, uh, aside from that big rock in the middle of nowhere. You know that uh, what's it called? Uluru. Uh, yeah. No. What's well? That? It's got a different. It has a different name. That or Ayers Rock. Right. Um, the actual name being Uluru. Also, that rock. Have you ever been to Australia? No. That rock is literally in the middle of nowhere yeah. and it takes days to get there. And once you get there, there's nothing. It's just the rock. Dwayne Johnson is just in the middle of Australia. Yeah. Wow. Lifting weights and making movies (laughs) and lifting one eyebrow. (laughs) And it's so charming. Everybody gets off the bus and ah, the rock, rock. you could do no wrong. (laughs) Oh man. I love you, Dwayne. Who doesn't love Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> what would be the American equivalent of that? Of Dwayne Johnson? No, no, no. <laughs> of recording at the Sydney Opera House. Like the Eagles oh, recording gosh. at the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> Creedence Clearwater Revival gathered at Mount Rushmore right. to rehearse the songs for the upcoming album. Up in Canada, Rush gets together on a moose farm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, see, Canada, what do you got? <laughs> do you remember... The extended video to Need You Tonight? Yeah. With Mediate going into it? If you're not familiar, here is Mediate. I'm going to back up a little bit to Need You Tonight. And it continues playing at the end. And goes right into Mediate. Michael Hutchins is like, y'all give me some space. Back up. One, two, one, two. Raise your hands at two o'clock. <laughs> uh, real quick, Kirk Pingley, what rhymes with eight? <laughs> uh, lots of things, Michael. Including the number eight. <laughs> he starts. He's like, I'm going to lay down some checks. Here we go. An orange is orange and crikey. <laughs> I remember the Mediate video was like the times that I would catch it it was like such a almost a rarity because it, I mean clearly the, the song has some, some cheese to it for sure the video to it was a almost shot for shot homage to Bob Dylan's video for Subterranean Homesick Blues which, did they have videos? I guess he did a video he did a video yeah yeah and so it's you've got you know the band members holding up cue cards essentially with these words on it and flipping them one by one you know, with some you know, purposely misspelled words here, there, sort of like Dylan did it. But again, it was almost like you've got this 80s excess sex 
song need you tonight and then you you go into some really deep social commentary with mediate yeah and some really good rhyming bob dylan he's bob dylan so each word in his song is going to be referencing something meaningful and political and deep and you know and these guys are just like what rhymes with eight the thing we ate yeah the number eight (laughs) 88 it's not what it's not the same 88 and eight are not the same (laughs) This is great. <laughs> also, that video, if you remember, that they look freezing. They look uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They're like on this construction site. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure they yeah. didn't get permission, permission. <laughs> because at the end of it, there's a truck <laughs> rolling onto the site. It was clever how they did hold up the card, though, that said sax solo. Kind of walked away. Then he walks in yeah. playing, the, playing the sax. Unfortunately, it was a sax solo. <laughs> <laughs> If you haven't caught on, I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of the saxophone. I will say, though, I mean, here here we are you kind of riffing on you know, Mediate and, and the, the lyrics and all that. But if I'm being completely honest, that is exactly how I rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could pretend that it would be better, but it would, it would be equally bad. <laughs> all right. One of the things about this album is that the hits are incredible. The album tracks, not as strong. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to skip to and get to the next huge mm-hmm. song of theirs. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. I love your precious heart. I I was standing. You were there. Two worlds collided. That was one of those songs that would get played at like your sixth, seventh, eighth grade dances. Oh yeah, gosh, killing it. Yeah, that song. Man. Not me. I mean, just yeah. other other people were killing it to that song. <laughs> yeah, I, we would go to the we would go to dances at the local rec center yes. that they had, and this song. That was the only time you could get my friend Doug and I on the dance floor. We weren't comfortable in our skin to go out there and like actually dance. Yep. But if they played a slow song, then Oh, yeah, I'm going to ask a girl to dance. If it wasn't, you know, every rose has its thorn, it was never tear us apart. Yeah. Inevitably, they would play Stairway to Heaven. Really? Which in the beginning 
we would slow dance to, but then you're stuck because it gets fast and you don't know what to do. <laughs> I remember a few times that I'd be like slow dancing at this rec center dance and they would play that song. And when it got fast, I would just start slow dancing fast. <laughs> So, awesome. you know, hands on her waist, her hands on my shoulders, but we would just start moving faster to the beat, which it, it really starts to move. It does move. <laughs> aren't, aren't you glad that there weren't iPhones? Oh, my gosh. Then? Yeah. Because, yeah, that would have been bad. I, I feel like this song doesn't even today get the play or the the recognition it it should it seems like one of those songs that you would still hear at wedding receptions and things like that and and definitely still holds up really really well it's the saxophone man (laughs) it's the sax it dates it yeah you might you might be on to something there (laughs) let's talk about the band a little bit we've talked about michael hutchins but Mm -hmm. he's not alone this is a full band there's that one dude on sax there's the guitar guy (laughs) there's the drummer dude we talked about the national last time and they had two sets of brothers if we were playing cards does three of a kind <laughs> beat so. uh, two pair <laughs> and they have three brothers the ferris brothers which initially when they first started uh, they formed a band named the ferris brothers <laughs> in 1977 a- actually the first band was andrew ferris formed a band with gary gary beers that might be the most Australian name ever because <laughs> be. his last name is Beers, not even beer. It's multiple. <laughs> and his name is Gary Gary. The first Gary has one R and the second has two. <laughs> I think he, he got a nickname, uh, the double name, and they actually put that in their debut album. And they've got some really good band names, though, in their history because Gary Gary Beers, his first band was called Legolas Elven Warrior. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's some Tolkien. Yeah, that's some Tolkien nerdery right there. (laughs) And then they formed a band called Dr. Dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Dolphin and the Porpoises? Which Dr. Dolphin sounds like like an Australian reality. (laughs) Ah, just get that dolphin over there. You're a doctor, aren't you? I like that your Australian accent sounds like a nine, also sounds like a, like a 1950s male like lounge singer. Oh yeah, yeah. My accents are terrible. I cannot do any sort of accent. Yeah, apparently in Australia they all speak like they're from a 1920s speakeasy. Doctor <laughs> Dolphin. But then they they formed the Ferris Brothers mm-hmm. until finally they were in excess. Yeah, and I think at some point in their life they were they went by the name the vegetables which as we found out on the thriller episode is a real mean insult yeah (laughs) back then that was probably pretty pretty controversial because michael jackson was throwing shade around by calling people vegetables (laughs) this album almost was shut down by the record company the manager went in there and played it for the record company executive who reportedly said I'll give you a million dollars to go and record another album. This is not happening. That's insane. Yeah. What, what was that guy listening to? <laughs> the first 15 seconds of Guns in the Sky. <laughs> it was like, really? Or maybe, maybe he had like a bad record and just kept skipping. He just kept playing yeah. the grunting at the beginning like over and over. But also, are all record executives stereotypes? They speak in such absolutes. There was no critical feedback. 
here's what I have time for. I'll give you a million dollars. This is not happening. Right. There's never any like, all right, I li- you've got a good start here. Right. <laughs> you know, I, li- I, li- I like where you're going with it. No, it's but, uh, throw it out. You picture them like breaking the album like over their knee like yeah. in the office and then like kicking them out of the office like yeah. immediately. And then like just snorting coke <laughs> and hang gliding out the window. <laughs> Like, <laughs> he's got a bluetooth he's on a call i thought i told you to destroy that as he hang glides over like the bay <laughs> oh my gosh that record company executive it's funny you don't know his name because how did they miss such a huge yeah. iconic album right but the the manager believed in it so he went ahead and just started putting it out there and mm-hmm. getting it on college radio and then it started breaking in And thank God he did. We wouldn't have what we have today. The other thing about the album, it's clearly featuring Michael Hutchinson for the 30th anniversary. They kept the skateboard, but they removed the other person from the album. So it's just Michael Hutchinson, even bigger. Really? (laughs) So it's the same design. They just removed the other person. That's unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, dude. (laughs) Sorry. Who's still in the band. (laughs) Right. And it's still alive. Yeah. You're not on here anymore. Wow. All right, so uh, Matt, uh, Michael Hutchins is going to get on his skateboard and do a rail slide across your face <laughs> if you don't remove one song from this album. I would remove The Loved One. Helpless baby, evil child. I've known you well. If you want to stay, that's all right. But you want me again. And then you come a-running to me Baby, baby, that's all right Oh, that's all right When I was younger, I really liked it. But when I listened to this album again, uh, there are other songs I dislike on this album, but this one seems out of place. That, that one, the loved one to me, especially the first part of it, sounds to me like... Uh, rattle and hum era u2 yeah for some reason yeah and uh which was of that time but it yeah it, it doesn't necessarily fit the rest of the album yeah is that yours as well no yeah. uh, actually mine would be guns in the sky oh um, wow um, although we would lose the glory that is the grunting mm-hmm. uh, of uh, at the beginning from michael hutchins You know, I just look at it from the context of you start this album with new sensation mm-hmm. and it just kicks it kicks the album off on a much higher note to me. Okay. So NXS, Darlings of the 80s, Worldwide Stars, maybe not so much hailed by critics, mm-hmm. but they were the people's choice, made this incredible monster of an album that we, we loved. This was really fun to revisit. And if you are not familiar with it, if you want to take a trip back to the 80s, we highly recommend listening to Kick and just driving around. And, and, and your DeLorean. And your DeLorean, yeah. And cranking up the speakers. Yeah, this, this one's been, been a lot of fun to, to go back to. It's not one that I normally just keep in my listening repertoire, so it's it's been good to, to, to revisit this one. Yeah.
Thanks again to everyone for listening to this episode. And as always, you know, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Finest Work Songs. Shoot us an email, finestworksongs at gmail.com. Let us know your memories of these albums and also let us know which albums you'd like for us to talk about in a, in a future episode. But in the meantime, like Bobby Brown, we hope you keep helping around. <laughs>